about confessing the word the bible tells us in hebrews 11 verse 6 that without faith it's impossible to please god now we have to in a way we've got to define or understand what faith is faith is not a persuasion of a denominational view faith is not a fleeting moment oh there it was that's that's not what faith is faith is 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 actually obeying god's word I remember Pastor Messer taught us in the very beginning. Well, I, this is what I grasped back in the very beginning when he began teaching us on faith. Because honestly, I didn't know. I mean, I had all the, um, maybe the, the baggage of trying to figure out, you know, faith. Well, I'm, 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 a, I'm a Catholic. I'm a Pentecostal. I'm a this. I'm a that. I'm whatever. But faith is not about a denominational affiliation. Faith is obeying God's word. That's what basically the scriptures teach us. That if we will obey what God tells us, which basically can cross over if we're not careful into causing us to feel like we're rule keepers. Faith is not rules that we keep. It's a life that we live. The just shall live by faith. That's what, that's what the scriptures teach us. And so today when we're talking about confessing God's word, and I know I've said this before, I'm not trying to convince you. See, that's the problem. Sometimes I think when we, when we start confessing the word, we're telling other people. And it's like, wait a minute, I don't need to tell you. I just need to say it in my own heart. I need to say it in my own life. I need to declare it when the circumstances are coming and telling me things can't get better. Things are only going to get worse. I have to confess God's word concerning that situation. I am the healed of the Lord. I am the healed of the Lord. I am blessed. I am the head and not the tail. I am above the circumstances and not under the circumstances. And so when we say confess the word of God, we're simply saying that we are uh, agreeing or saying the same thing that God says in his word. That's what, that's what faith is. It's saying it and walking it out. Walking it out. So, you know, we can say certain things and not live according to what we say. And that's really kind of a, uh, that's foolishness. The thing is, is if we're going to say it, we have to walk it out. We have to pull down circumstances and thoughts and mentalities and pressures. So basically... Uh, confessing the word is, is uh, agreeing with what God says and saying the same thing. And some of you might be thinking, well, what if I don't agree? Well, then you just got to make the decision whether we're going to believe God because God's word is true. God's word is absolutely true. Psalm 107 verse 20, uh, this, is, this is a truth. And let's, let me read it to you. It's on your paper there. It says that he sent his word and healed them. And delivered them from their destructions. It doesn't say he's going to send his word. He sent his word and good luck with that. It says very emphatically. He sent his word and healed them. Now you can go back and look at the context of this. 
But the truth is, is this is what God did. Even, even when it says that by the stripes of Jesus, it doesn't say we will be, we might be. One of these days down the road, he says, by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. We are healed. But when we look at our lives and we say, but my, look at my physical body, look at my circumstances, my symptoms, that's where the fight of faith comes in. That I'm going to continue to say what God's word says in spite of the opposition that I feel in my body, that I feel in my life. And, and so, you know, the thing is, is I don't really want to create a bigger fight by starting to argue with people. I'm just going, not arguing with anybody. I'm standing against the circumstances and God's word is working because I keep saying it. And we keep saying it. And we keep saying it. God's word, Jesus said, the words that I speak are spirit and life. This is John chapter 6, verse 63 and 64. It says, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Now, if you think about that just for a second. When God's word comes in, our flesh may go, oh, I don't feel it. I'm not really getting that. Look, yeah, I know that's what it says, but look how I feel. The spirit who gives life, the flesh profits nothing. And then he goes on, he says, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Now, that word life is the word zoe, Z-O-E, zoe. It's not, well, we're alive. It's not talking about the kind of life that we have right now as far as just in the natural it's talking about the God kind of life, which is eternal life. As a matter of fact, that, that word zoe means eternal life. It means never-ending life. It's the God kind of life, and this is what that basically looks like. Uh, the absolute fullness of life. The fullness of life. You look at sometimes at your life, it seems like it's just not really measuring up to what I expected or what God says. But the God kind of life helps us to live at that level. So it's the absolute fullness of life, both essential and ethical life. Ethical, moral life. Which belongs to God. A life active and vigorous. A devoted to God. Blessed life. Uh, the portion even in this life of those who put their trust in Christ. That's what he's giving us. He's not just giving us, I'm going to give you 10 more years of this. You know, if, if, if our life is not really, enjoy, if we're not enjoying and living at a good level, if every breath we take is, is a misery and every step we take is something that we're going, another, another day. You know, you wake up and you say, oh, oh, God, thank you for another day or oh, God, it's another day. You know, if we live with an expectancy, then you know what? Then I'm good for God to give me another 10 years. But if I'm not enjoying my life, why? I'm, I'm not even going to go there. But you know what I'm saying? I think God wants us to enjoy life. But the life he wants us to enjoy is this life of faith. And it's not designated to only a few. It's designated to whosoever will grab a hold of it and begin to operate in it. Spiritual life is in every word that God speaks, in every word of God. There's spiritual life in it. There's spiritual life in it. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 uh, through 22. I love what he says here. 
familiar with this? He says, my son, my daughter, my child, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ears to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life. They are life to those who find them. And health to one's whole body. This is just what God says. It's, it's life and health. But it's not enough just to, to say, I, well, it's written in the Bible, so there it is. I, I have it because it's written in the Bible. We have to, uh, faith is a fight. We talked about this a little last week. It's, who are we fighting with? I'm not fighting with God. I'm fighting a lot with my own mentality, my own thoughts. Maybe the, the, I'm fighting with the thing of speaking when I don't see it, but I know the word says it, so I'm going to say it anyway. I am the healed Lord. I am blessed. I am blessed. My children are blessed. The church here, we are blessed people. Your family is blessed. Now, we can either grab a hold of that and say, okay, God's words say that his blessing, that that's the life he's giving to us, that we're blessed. So what are we going to do? We're either just going to sit back and go, well, I'll wait and see, or we're going to begin to declare it. Speak over your children. Speak over your marriage. Speak over your finances. Speak to your relationships. Speak to your children, over your children. When I say to them, I just actually mean over them because a lot of times they don't understand and it doesn't matter because a lot of times I don't understand, but I say it anyway. And so just because the promises are written in the Bible doesn't mean that those things are going to happen to me. We've got to learn to lay hold of it. We've got to learn to get a grip on it. And the way we get a grip on it is by getting it into our heart and then letting it come out of our mouth. We get it in our heart. And see, it's just a process. It's a process. It's not something that's going to happen after I've been a Christian for 10 years or 15 years. It can happen if you've been saved for one day. In a, in a week, you can begin, in a week, in a day, you can begin speaking the word. You just got to get the word in your heart, begin to say it and speak it. And the thing is, is don't create environments where you're trying to create an argument. Well, what do you mean by that? Oh, wait, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to me. I've done that. I've done that. Unfortunately, I've done that. And not, uh, out of foolishness, maybe, I've done that. I've said things, and people want an explanation. Oh, wait, I wasn't talking to you. But I need to know what you're talking about. Why are you saying that? Well, I'm not talking to them. And so the whole thing is, is it's like it's not about us trying to convince everybody around us. It's about us speaking and laying hold. I will wake up in the middle of the night. And as I'm laying there, I wake up and thoughts will come into my mind. And I've trained myself over the years to say what I know is true. Today's going to be an amazing day. I love my wife, and my wife loves me. My kids are blessed coming and going. This church is growing and increasing, and God's blessing every person that connects to the house of God. You know what? Why would I say that rather than, uh, and I'm not even going to say what comes to my mind. Just like you, we get up sometimes, and if we're not careful, we grumble to the coffee pot. We make it, why isn't this ready? Whatever. So confessing the word causes faith to come it causes faith to come you know i can preach to you what the word says and i do my best every week but faith doesn't come because only because i you hear the word from me 
It does. It comes because you hear the word from yourself. You're, you, and, and not just because you're reading it, that helps and that works, but it's when it gets in your heart and you begin to say it. You speak it over your circumstances. You speak it over your life. You speak it. And, and so uh, basically Romans 10 verse 17, this is, what, uh, this is what this scripture says. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, the, you know, the most important things you can hear is the things you say. The things you say. I'll be watching television sometimes, and they'll say something. I, I'll be watching TV, and they'll have, like, these commercials that'll come on. And they're about the new medicine that you need to be taking, because you probably have this. This is what they say. You know what? It only costs $400 a month. And, and it's like, I, it's like I'm, I watched Delta. She was sitting up here this morning going, and that's what I feel like sometimes. It's like, I don't, I'm not paying attention. I'm not paying attention to what those commercials say. And it's like, oh, you, are you that susceptible? Yeah, we are. What we hear shapes what we say. And so I make, have made the decision when they come on and they begin telling me that basically, have you ever used Roundup? God, I hate that commercial. <laughs> yeah, but you might be able to. I don't want their money. And I don't want their disease either. We have to speak the word, the word of God, not the word of the commercial, the word of whatever. So this is what Abraham did. He decided to get him some hope because he didn't have hope. He didn't have hope because he looked at his body. He looked at his wife and their age. He looked what was going on. And it's like they were not able to have children. And so God spoke to him and he began to be defiant with the circumstances. We have to be defiant with circumstances that tell us that things cannot get better. Oh, you know what? Like with Abraham, oh, you're, you're, you're too old for that. You're too far gone. This can't happen. Oh, you're too far in debt. God, God can't help you. Let me read Romans and actually... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump around. I know I've got verses. I think it starts at 16, but I'm going to start in 18 and read down, and we'll jump back and forth because I just want to kind of tie this together a little bit for us. Verse 18, Romans chapter 4, it says, Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken. Even though he was about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God was able to do whatever he had promised. That's faith. That's probably the best definition of faith you're going to find. That basically Abraham had no reason to hope. It was beyond hopeless. It was a joke now. It was no way that this could happen. But it says that Abraham hoped anyway. 
It says that Abraham, when there was no reason, it was like, it is not just hopeless. It's like he felt that they were digging the grave for his hopes and plans and dreams. It was the hole right there, and he was ready to fall into it, and they were going to bury that. That's never going to happen. But the Bible says that Abraham kept hoping. I guarantee you, people around him, if, if there had been people around him, they would be saying, Abe, come on, man. Come on, man, just let yourself off the hook here. This is not, it's not your fault. It's not, it, God, God will do something good in your life in spite of that. It says that Abraham kept hoping. Some of you, some of us, we need to keep hoping. And the way we keep hoping is we find hope in the word of God. What does God say? Well, whatever your situation is, you find what the Word of God says. You find a promise, and then you don't have to convince your spouse, your kids, your neighbors, or me. You just have to get it in your heart, and you speak it, and you declare it. He goes on, and he says, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. And he basically talks about, because God had promised that he would have many, many descendants, and I love verse 19. And I love, I love looking at it from, this, from where I am back. Because I look at Abraham's life. I look at the journey. And this is what it said. Abraham did not weaken. Abraham's faith did not weaken. Abraham was strong. But not in his physical body. Not in his physical ability. He was strong in his faith. You might feel weak. You might feel weak in the natural in certain areas. You might feel, feel weak with your finances. I would like to do this, but look, I, I don't have the power. I don't have the necessary, uh, what I need in that particular area. But faith is believing God. It's not believing, well, I don't, well I'll have to, whatever. It's believing God, believing God's word. Abraham's faith did not weaken. Even though he was about 100 years old, he figured his body was as good as dead. He figured his body was as good as dead. But he wasn't asking for a natural thing. He was asking God for a spiritual miracle, for a miraculous work. I love eight, verse 20. Let's look at this for just a second. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. He never wavered. And I can learn something from that. I can learn something from that. He never wavered. In fact, his faith grew stronger. Physically, he did not grow stronger. I don't think he did. But his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. So you might be wondering, well, what good does it do? It brings glory to God. When we stand in faith. When we speak the promise of God. And, we're not, we're, and people are saying, well, how's that going to work out? I have no idea. But this is what I do know. That God's word is true. His word is absolutely true. 21, he was fully convinced. Not partially. Not, well, I'm, my fingers are crossed and I'm just. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. When natural circumstances offer no hope, here's what we need to do. We need to go to God's word and get some hope for that area. We need to go to God's word and get the hope that he promises to us. And you might be thinking, uh, you know, well, you know, that's how God operated in Abraham's life. But, you know, this is, this is like, man, this is a long time ago. Well, let's go back and let's read verse 16 and 17. Verse 16, it says, so the promise 
is received by faith. It is given as a free gift. I believe he's talking to us. And we are all certain to receive it. Whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, we don't have to be rule keepers. We want to honor God. But it's not about crossing every T and dotting every I. It's about living according to what pleases God. If we have faith like Abraham's. Let me read that again from the beginning of that verse. So the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift. And we all are certain to receive it. Whether or not we live according to the law of Moses. If we have faith like Abraham's. What was Abraham's faith? He just believed God. I don't see how it can work. Matter of fact, when the angel came to him later, and we'll read it maybe in a minute, we'll get to it. But when the angel of the Lord came to Abraham, Abraham's wife laughed. Like, yeah, really? Is this really going to happen? She didn't say that, but she laughed. You know why? Because in our heart, we look at circumstances in our life, and we think, we say, we imagine, that would be really nice if that were really going to happen. But we got to have faith like Abraham, Abraham, where we don't waver. It says, for Abraham is the father of all who believe. That would be us. He's the, the father, meaning he was the first one. He was the, the, the one that God started this whole process of being justified by faith. The Bible says that God saw Abraham's faith and it was considered righteousness for him. That's how we stand before God righteous because I believe God no matter what the circumstances are telling me. No matter what. It is what the scripture means when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This is what happened. Abraham believed in God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. God calls things that are not as though they are. You might say, I am not healthy. God says, you are the healed of the Lord. Oh, well, you know, I don't, the, my finances are really in a mess. God says, you are blessed coming and going. God calls those things that are not. He says that he can call because he's looking at Abraham. And Abraham had already said it. Uh, you know, my body's as good as dead. So is my wife's ability to conceive. But it says here that God, Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates all things out of nothing. Out of his word, actually. He speaks his word. He speaks his word. And then let's read on, finish back through that part we just read. He says, even when there was no reason to hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, this, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at a, about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. So, uh, so was Sarah's womb. Verse 20, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger in this, that he, uh, in this, he brought glory to God. Let me ask you a question today, and I think I'm going to finish there. What, what kind of a God do you believe in? 
This is what God believed, Abraham believed about God. This was the kind of God Abraham believed in. The kind of a God that can cause, that can bring things from the dead. He can cause things to be created when there's nothing there. He can cause arms to grow out. He can cause blind eyes to be opened. He can cause finance. He can cause money to come into your life. Fish will swim up like he did it. I'm just saying. That's how he did it in the old, uh, in the old days when he was on the, on the earth. Go fishing, pull the coin out of a fish's mouth. God can cause money to come in the mail. He can cause somebody to, somebody to come up and hand you an envelope. He can cause money to blow at your feet. And you go, What's, look at that. Where'd that come from? There's nobody around. Pick it up. It's yours. That's the kind of God we serve. And we can either look at it like, oh, you know, that's a fluke. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that we serve. And so what we have to do is we have to confess the word. I don't, I'm not responsible for how it happens. You know what I'm responsible for? You know what we're responsible for? To confess the word. To speak the word. God is a healer. Whatever your situation, whatever your condition, whatever the circumstances in your life are that you're thinking, "Ah, I've been praying, okay, now start confessing the promise of God in your life. You can go back to Deuteronomy 28, and you don't read the, don't go through the curses, go through the blessings. You're blessed coming and going. Your blood, your head, not the tail. Uh, your 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 baskets and your barns are going to be filled. And, and go back to that. And you might go, ah, is this kind of like a parlor trick? No, this is what God wants us to do. Remember when the the guy comes to Jesus and he says, "My servant is sick." And he says, Jesus said, "I will go heal him." And the and the servant says, the centurion, I believe it was the centurion, says. Lord, I'm a man under authority. I understand authority. Speak the word only, and he'll be healed. You know, that's what God wants. He wants us to get to the point where we're not trying to run to this place and run to that place, but we live our lives, we do our jobs, we live out uh, the days that we have speaking the word of God. Speak the word only. That's what Jesus wants us to do. Speak the word concerning our battles and our struggles. Speak the word. 